podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. The boys are back, and thank goodness we did not record that 15-minute pre-show conversation because, well, you'll never know. But it's good to be back. It's Grant. Grant, first off, you and Cole, you know what? Maybe I just need to go to a wedding every TCU game because that seems to be the recipe for the defense having a master class of a game and an easy dub. Seriously. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that maybe that's the trick. Um you just so got to leave town and not yeah, watch. That, that, that's two TCU games in a row, two, T, two years in a row where I miss it because of a wedding. You have a guest on and like defense is just amazing. So I, I went back and rewatched it. And the, the only thing I want to say just to get this on the record, like the fact that Tyrone Howell was ejected and I was going to mention this in the press conference part, but he is also going to be suspended the first half first KU. Mm-hmm. That's a complete joke. Like, I don't know if you went back and rewatched it all, but like they had him down on the ground. He was being kicked. He was being punched. Like, Damn. I feel like if I that don't remember happens, seeing that. The only thing I really saw was him just like squaring up. That's well, all no, I recall. I, so he went down. And, and here's the thing. It, and I, if you're ever getting kicked, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter like if you square up or if you punch or anything, if you, if, if you are getting basically jumped by a bunch of people, I think you should be allowed to do whatever you want and not face consequences. I think that's probably fair. That's in life. Um, that's in life. If <laughs> multiple people jump you at once, I don't think you should face consequences for whatever you do. Okay. This there we is go. Kinda, we're, we're kind of, we are you know, broaching uh, pre-podcast <laughs> type well, conversation. It but, is. Uh, it is. We'll try to keep it to football. I, I mean, it sucks um that he's suspended but it's only for a half he'll have a chance to make his mark on saturday and uh you know uh, it's rules are rules if you throw a punch even if it's contact with a stupid helmet you know that is also stupid like the fact it that is people very punch stupid. and whatever it, we've seen it's, it's just your natural i mean it's just your natural instinct to square up right i, it I is. assume it is. You should take him to the ground and freaking headbutt him with a helmet on. That can do damage. I mean, there's a whole rule against it. So definitely, maybe that's the move. All right. Uh, what are you sipping on? It looks like a whiskey. I, I have my last pumpkin beer of the year uh, from Great Divide. It's my final one. I don't think I'll purchase another one. So it's always sad when uh, you have the last pumpkin beer of the year. Last one, huh? Yep. You did go pretty hard in October, so I get that. Not I'm as hard probably... as last year. It wasn't as hard pro- as last year. Yeah, I'll probably hit it probably Thanksgiving week. I'll probably bring a six-pack of, of Schlafly um, for Thanksgiving. But um, I'm just having a little Elijah Cray. There you go. Single shot. Neat. Yep. Drinks of the Pot are presented by Symbold. It is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol. you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, like K-State did, like Baylor did, I got a cash payout like the Chiefs did. I got tons of cash payouts 
Uh, and guess what? You can also use that knowledge on Symbol. Buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts. When you sell high, join the over 7,000 early adapters and invest in your favorite team. www.simbull.com. Create a free account. And when you make your first deposit, use promo code BOYS for a deposit that is risk-free. Visit symbol.com, promo code BOYS, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked, or if you just decide it's not for you, but I guarantee you will have fun. Go over to Symbol and start investing and profiting off of your favorite team today. All right, before we get into Coach Kleiman's press conference, uh, Felix and DK Uzama, King Felix, the GOAT. I just want to read off all of these different awards that he has gotten from that great performance. Defensive Player of the Week in the Big 12, the Maxwell Player of the Week, the Nagurski Trophy Player of the Week. He was named the Walter Camp Foundation Defensive Player of the Week. He was named the Draft Network Big 12 Player of the Week. Got the ESPN College Football Helmet Sticker of the Week. Pro Football Network Defensive Player of the Week. The Athletics Defensive Player of the Week and Athlon Sports Defensive Player of the Week. I This conversation has been going around basically since the game. I think it was the most dominant defensive performance, individual performance we've ever seen. Oh, my God. I mean, it was unbelievable. They could not stop him no matter what they tried. They tried to put a running back on him to chop him. They doubled him. They held him every other play, it seemed like, but it did not matter. Um, he was a man possessed. And, I mean, that gives him – he's very close to the season record for K-State already. We've got five games left because we are going to a bowl. And, you know – He's got an enormous opportunity this week against what is the worst team in the Big 12 and probably they actually one don't of the give worst. up a lot of sacks, though. But they, they haven't only faced give up one King in Felix. the last three weeks. They haven't faced King Felix, have they? That's true. Very true. Unrecruited from Kansas. I'm sure he's going to have uh, a lot of a little bit of extra motivation. Uh, Kansas um, City, at least on it. And has Kansas in the name, so I will. Uh, well, I will I mean, cheat. It's Summit, Kansas City. You said it. You said Kansas it. City so Metro. Um, close enough to KU, though. Definitely in the radius of where KU would want to be recruiting. So I feel pretty good about it. I think he's going to – I mean, we talked about it before Manbeck was on, and I think it was the preview of last game or maybe it was coming off of the Tech game. I think it was probably the Tech review where you asked, you know, is he going to read his – is he going to read his clips? Is he going to keep this motivation, this level of energy going? And I said, I think he probably will. And Jesus Christ, did he like prove everyone in the world wrong? He nearly, and in my mind, he did break the NCAA record. I mean, let's be honest. The man had six sacks in one game. It's, it's, it was a truly insane performance. Definitely. All right. Before we get into Coach Kleiman's uh, comments, which again, pretty, pretty pedestrian, some of the funnier stuff actually has come out today when the players have been talking. Um, how about, you know, Nate Matlack straight up calling Les Miles crazy. Said, yeah, Casey was my <laughs> first offer. KU was pretty close after, but it was Les Miles, and he was, uh, well, crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> Jalen Pickle straight up saying that KU wanted him to take the ACT again, even though he was qualified. And then Jeez. Cooper Beebe basically straight up saying, yeah, I was going to go to KU. But then when I was on a recruiting visit, they told me not to. One of the position coaches told him not to go. So, like, it's just wild. And, again, I, that, that's almost kind of the, the funny parts of 
hearing players speak this week because you, you got basically elite dudes who are like, yeah, you know, they, they didn't want me. They told me I wasn't good enough for coming up with excuses like telling Jalen Pickle, oh, from Cimarron, Kansas. Yeah, hey, take the ACT score again, even though he's already qualified. You know, Nate Matt, like just straight up calling Les Miles crazy. And then Cooper Beebe saying a coach on KU staff is like, yeah, yeah, you probably don't want to come here. Like, I mean, that's just yeah. wild. The incompetence of the program is just overflowing. I, I, it knows no bounds. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk about it later, but that's why we are the flagship program of this state. 100%. We'll, we'll get into uh, Coach Conn now. Coach said that it was the most complete game since early September. And he said that the reason why is it goes back to Monday through Thursday. said that the team is finally doing the extra work and holding each other accountable. That leads to being able to play faster and more confidence. Coach speak, but again, you know, he, he's saying, hey, they're finally doing it. So I'm, I'm going to give him that uh, credit. And then he, here's where I rolled, rolled my eyes when I was watching this, because I'm watching this on my TV. He goes, he's looking forward to the rivalry game. He says, it's going to be a challenge going on the road and playing a good KU team. Now, he didn't say good for KU team or, oh, this is good on a KU, a good KU team. Like, come on, Chris Kleiman. All the advanced statistics say that this is the worst KU team. I, I've done this on I've done this on Twitter a couple of times where they talk about the incompetence of KU. And I quote to you and said, oh, it can't get worse than Turner Gill. Oh, it can't get worse than Char- Charlie Weiss. Oh, it can't get worse than David Beatty. Oh, it can't get worse than Les Miles. Then there's the tweet saying that they literally are worse than all those. So I, I, I understand Clemens not just going to come out and be like, Haha, they're dog shit. But man, I rolled my eyes. Like he, he was doing the whole coach speak thing, like for a good 15 minutes. Like it was just like, come on, just, just kick them while they're down, Chris. Well, it's too early to kick them. Let's just say that. I mean, you know, Chris, he's, he's by the book. The man is typically a media pro i'm fine with the coach speak um i hope and yeah this is legitimately like the worst ku team we've seen in the last decade and i really hope that the scoreline can reflect that i think ultimately it won't because i think he actually has some respect for uh lance leopold leopold lackluster lance he talked about having the respect for him talked about how uh, you know, everyone does talked about how great he was in division three, what he did at Buffalo. I think he, I, I think I didn't write down. I think he said Connor Riley and him are actually pretty close. So that's fine. Again, you expect him to say this. This was honestly, I, I've said this a few times this year, um, but it was the most boring press conference. And again, I, th- I think yeah. Chris is doing that because he knows the team's hyped up. He wasn't going to say anything. The biggest news really was on the injury front. Said Joe Irvin was fine back at practice yesterday. Said Knowles and Brooks didn't practice yesterday. Hope to get them back today, which is Tuesday. Expect them to play on Saturday. Again, I'm, I take all that. I, I take the Knowles and Brooks stuff with a grain of salt because typically he has said that he has said that, you know, if they're not practicing on Monday, there's like, it's like, truly 50 50 so far this year when he talks about injury so I'll, I'll be interested i don't know how early i'll be getting in the stadium but if i'm in there for warm-ups i'm immediately going to be looking for brooks and Knowles. i mean we should be fine without him um he, he did rag on special teams which has been his favorite thing to do in these tuesday press conferences said they were not 
excellent. They weren't particularly good last week. He <laughs> said he was excited for Tenet to get a field goal attempt, not just PATs. I mean, I'm looking forward to him. Mm-hmm. True freshman kicker. I mean, it looked good. I'm, I'm not necessarily to the point where I'm like, all right, fuck Winkle. But I mean, he looked good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably to the point where it's like, all right, let's not burn Tenet's red shirt if we can get through the season. But, you know, I'd be fine if, if that's our true kicker of the future. 100%. And this is on paper a game that if you wanted to say, hey, this is your run, you're going to be taking all the kicks. This is the one probably to do it. Um, and hopefully, you know, on Saturday, we're only kicking extra points. But yeah, So maybe um, it's actually a game where you're like, no, let's get Tate and Winkle out there again. Because yeah, then after this, true. you have, what, three games left plus the bowl? So uh-huh. then it's like, okay, you could you could go with Alamo. Tenet for the final three. Huh? Alamo, nine and three. Yeah, Six and that three. or the uh, bowl in Orlando. Would take. Depends on uh, if we get a team in the playoff. All right. Um, he was asked some questions about, you know, the rivalry. Uh, he said, special for the state, special for all the players, special for all the fans. It's an old school and uninterrupted series, which – Folks are paying attention to the Bosco's Voice Twitter account. I've had, you know, Sunflower Showdown tweet of the day. Uh, a few of those have been talking about the long-term rivalry for it. It's honestly really special when you look at, you know, how long this has been going, how long it's been uninterrupted. I mean, it, it really is one of the most long-standing rivalries in college football, and it's awesome. Um, yeah. Says that we're going to get KU's best shot. They're going to get ours. It's going to be a real fun game to be a part of, again, it's more coach speak. The Tyrone knew, uh, Tyrone Howell news, and then there was some praise for Devin Neal and his family to close out the press conference. Again, it was very basic. Um, it, it legitimately, I, I've been watching every single Chris Kleiman mid uh, like Tuesday press conference since he was hired. And I think this was the most boring one ever, which is fine. Yeah, I never but, watch. I always just get the recap. Um, it's hard for me to watch at work, but. Um, I'll be honest, I think, you know, to, to, to bring it back to Knowles and Brooks, I mean, if you truly think 50-50, let's say those guys somehow didn't play and you think you're obviously still confident. As a team, we should still be okay, but we are not an explosive offense. And without no. our without Malik, we've well, never Brooks been. has been better, a better wide Brooks, receiver than him. Right, right. Without Malik, though, we've always struggled. And now add Brooks to that list, who, yes, I agree, he has been – pretty consistently better i would say than malik Knowles this season but with a, t- in a team in the first half <laughs> no how a team that a team that hasn't been able to establish the run at all since we started big call play i mean i it doesn't make me it doesn't fill me with confidence it does, i'm not confident enough to say we should still be fine and i know that's silly because ku is that bad and we should be fine but Man, you know the prospect of losing is always like I'm always just like so weary of this game. I don't losing- think there's any chance we lose, but again, that first half, say Knowles, Brooks, and obviously Hal can't go that first half. You're gonna have Landry Weber is gonna be your wide receiver number one. You have Chebastian Taylor who has only gotten one catch and like <laughs> I mean he, he's been Garber a shell of himself. Who, and then Garber no who, idea what you're gonna get there. Um, then I mean, from there you're getting into like rj garcia you're getting into seth porter Warner, you're getting um you know like those are the guys we're gonna have to be relying 
tight end. We're going to have to be very creative in the tight ends. We'll yeah. probably run the fuck out of the quarterback, to be completely honest. Well, we'll then you're going to have Deuce who's going to split out a bunch. But, yeah, honestly, you have a good point in it. And it, and it is something to keep an eye on in that first half, especially. Um, I'm sure they're going to play. I mean, honestly. Here's a question. I, here's a question for you. If they truly are, like, say, like 75%, do you play them? I would almost maybe say, fuck it. Let's just grind out a – See what, 27 like, to 17 win and make sure that they're ready to go for West Virginia. Yeah. I think like early you test the waters, you kind of just say like, let's see if we can run all over these bums. And if we do, if they can't stop us or if we jump up early on them and it's like, okay, they're going to check out, then yeah. pull off the dogs, pull off the wide receivers and let the second stringers basically coast us home. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully we can just grind and grind them out, pound them out like we did Nevada, kind of wear them down. Um, I mean, I think Deuce is obviously going to have a day. He'll probably have three touchdowns regardless. Skyler, listen, we got Skyler Thompson. I don't think we're going to like really ever be in jeopardy in this game. Um, but I don't love the idea because our offense is just it, – it's not explosive. It's not explosive. Without our two best receivers, oof. It makes me a little bit nervous. I would say three best receivers. Oh, no, Landry's probably been better than Howell this year. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be interesting. It's going to create this uh, – an added dynamic. Again, Skyler has had games where he's thrown the ball to, like, 12 different dudes. I mm-hmm. think we'll be fine, but it will be something to keep an eye on. Um, but that's all we have pretty, pretty quick uh, because you didn't get a lot from uh, Chris Common, but – we're going to get into our uh, primer segment. we got Wildcat Roundup and our game primers. They're sp- sponsored by Spotify Green Room. Folks, listen up. We're going live back-to-back days because we're going to get a little brewski ball. We're going to get Bruce and the boys in the exhibition on Thursday. So we're going to keep our regularly scheduled Wednesday 7 p.m. show where we're going to talk K-State football. Then we're going live immediately after the K-State Pitt State exhibition. It's probably going to be around 9, 9.15. So – it's going to be a long one for me, so if I'm going to stay up for this, you guys need to come have a little fun, some quick take hot takes. It's only an exhibition, but guess what? We're doing this for basketball games. Going to be a little understaffed, uh, you know, maybe no Davion, maybe no Nigel. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting basketball season, so tune in. We're going live. Spotify Green Room. We have a lot of fun there. I, Apple, iOS, and Android apps store. Um, All right, uh, Wildcat Roundup, I did it this week, um, back-to-back weeks. I'm sorry for it, but, hey, you guys get what you get. The KU Primer is Andy Mitz, who's actually the host of the Rock Chalk podcast, the co-host of the 1012 podcast, and the managing editor of Rock Chalk Talk. So we uh, threw out those stupid people over at Ain't No Seats because they haven't even done a football podcast. They are a basketball-only podcast. So we said screw those guys and got someone who actually covers the team during football season. And then for the K-State Primer, we got the man, the myth, the legend, the charter member of the K-State Sexy Bald Club, the dude running the show for KSATHD.tv, and my personal voice of K-State Athletics, Brian Smaller. So you guys enjoy those primers, and we'll be back to have a little bit more fun with you. The, the second half of the show is going to be a lot more fun.
What is going on, everyone? You were stuck listening to me once again for your weekly Wildcat Roundup. Let's just get right into it. Uh, soccer ended their season. It was a very disappointing end to the season. It was a 1-0 loss at home to Iowa State. Uh, sadly, that does end the career for Brooklyn Entz, who is an all-timer at K-State. She's going to go on to play professional soccer for the KC Current in the NWSL, but it is a tough end to a great career. She's going to be a future K-State Athletics Hall of Famer, and I just want to salute her once again on a great career. Ultimately, this was a season that started off with so much promise, so much hope, but ultimately they go 1-6-2 and two in the Big 12 finishing last and they only went 6-10 and 2 overall for the season. So like we've said a few times there have been some very bright moments, some great individual performances. This is just another kind of disappointing season for the soccer team. They're really going to look to bounce back going into next season hoping for that top 8 finish so they can get to the Big 12 tournament for the first time in program history. But that's going to be a tall task when a future Hall of Famer in Brooklyn Entz is no longer there. On the other side of the spectrum, though, volleyball got a massive two-match sweep over Texas Tech. Match one went to five sets. Match two was one in just four. In match one, Holly Bondi had a career game with 21 kills. And those 21 were matched by another 21 kills by Aaliyah Carter. Mackenzie Morris had 19 digs, and junior Tiana Adams had a massive night with 61 assists. Match 2, Carter led all attackers with 13 kills. Morris had another 22 digs in just those four sets, and Adams had 47 assists. This week, they have a Thursday-Saturday doubleheader up in Hilton Arena where, where they will take on Iowa State. The Thursday night will tip off at 6.30. Saturday is at 1 p.m. Both games are on ESPN+, Plus, or you can listen on kstatesports.com. K-State and Iowa State are both tied for third in the Big 12 at 5-5, five and five. so if either one of these teams could get a sweep, that would be massive for conference standings and for the future NCAA tournament bid process. Women's basketball, despite being shorthanded, only having 10 players, really dominated the Division II powerhouse Washburn Ichabods 68-39. All 10 players who suited up for K-State played 17 or more minutes. All-American candidate Aoka Lee led all scores with 17 points and 9 rebounds. Almost a double-double. K-State shot 41% from the field, 30% from 3, and 69% from the free throw. They held Washburn to just shooting 26% from the field and forced 24 turnovers. Decent start to the season and their exhibition uh, for Jeff Mitty and the team. They have another exhibition game on Friday, 6.30 versus Pitt State. It can be seen on ESPN Plus and heard all over on the K-State Sports Radio Network. They open up the regular season next Tuesday versus Central Arkansas at 6.30 p.m. It can be seen on ESPN Plus and heard on the K-State Radio Network. It's going to be a massive game for them because here's the thing. If, if Jeff Mitty and the team wants to get back to postseason play, they cannot mess around in the non-con like they did last year. They need to take care of business versus all these teams so they can hit the ground running, build up some wins, start building up that resume, and then if they have a decent Big 12 season, they will get back to postseason play. So every game matters 
for this women's team. Speaking of every game mattering, the men's basketball team starts their exhibition season on Thursday. They had their annual media day down at the ice basketball training facility. All the players plus Bruce Weber have interviews on the K-State Online YouTube page if you want to go listen to them. Thursday night, they play Pitt State, 7 p.m. You can watch on ESPN Plus or listen on the K-State Radio Network. We're going to be going live on Spotify Greenroom to get our first reaction to this year's basketball team that will be shorthanded. It sounds like Nigel Pack might not be playing. Davion Bradford might not be playing. Carlton Lingard out. Maximus Edwards out. Siri Lewis out for the season. So it's going to be a shorthanded team that takes on the Gorillas, but it should be a first, a good first look at what this team might have and what is really a do-or-die season for Bruce Weber and the boys. So join Spotify Green Room immediately after that men's basketball game, and we'll get our first takes. Now let's get into our primers, and we have some good ones. We have Brian Smoller and Andy Mitz, both ultimate professionals, so enjoy. Hey guys, this is uh, Andy Mitz here from the Rock Chalk Podcast. I also am over on the 1012 Podcast, uh, and, and I write for Rock Chalk Talk. Thanks to the you know the guys over there, Bosses Boys, for allowing me to come on and kind of share what's going on with this with this KU team. But uh, you you can actually find me. I have my own podcast, the Rock Chalk Podcast. You can find that pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, and we're on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. Uh, this team, the Kansas Jayhawks football team, has been an up and down season. Um, you know, obviously, lots of stuff happened in the offseason. Les Miles ended up getting fired, um, like pretty much after all of spring ball and, and everything there. Um, brought in Lance Leipold, and he did not get an opportunity to really work with the team until fall camp, so until August. Um, and so it's been it's been a really rough season. You know, they barely beat South Dakota in their first game. Um, you know, had some some issues with their games after that. Actually, we're fairly competitive in Coastal Carolina that I don't think a lot of people expected. Um, and we're competitive enough against Duke, but got absolutely blasted by Baylor, blasted by Texas Tech, blasted by a bunch of other teams, um, you know, including Oklahoma State this last week. Oklahoma was the one game I think that everybody was surprised by how competitive they were in that game, almost pulling off the upset there, um, which was a little bit shocking. I'm not sure if that says more about Oklahoma or it really is saying that Kansas is, is actually starting to to finally get some things put together. But, um, yeah, it's not been fun. This team uh, has only won the one game. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of questions at this point on if they're going to actually be able to go ahead and win another one. Um, you know, we're going to have to go ahead and figure that out. But they are 1-7 in seven at this point, um, and the expectation – I think is that uh, it's going to be rough for them the rest of this season, but you know, there's potentially some opportunities with some other, some, some of the other teams that are coming up. Um, but yeah, in terms of injury news, there really isn't any, um, you know, this is a team that has been fairly healthy and, and those guys that are, that are showing up are, are really going to kind of stick there. There was potentially some concerns about Kenny Logan. Um, you know, he, he left last week's game against Oklahoma state early, uh, but that did seem to just be them, you know, being cautious and really kind of making sure that everything was fine there. Uh, I would, I would expect him to be available for this game coming up, but uh, the, the score of the final game that they had against Oklahoma state last week was 55 to three complete, absolute annihilation on the part of the Oklahoma state Cowboys, um, which were was not great for us. Kansas fans really kind of, um, you know, caused some, some, uh, some issues. I think the biggest story to come out of that game is just 
how how quickly Kansas fans have seesawed back and forth from being somewhat optimistic after the Oklahoma game to now it seems to be that there's a lot of doom and gloom coming out of that game. Um, Kansas was not able to get anything going. Jason Bean had two interceptions in the first half uh, on back-to-back drives that were just absolutely atrocious. The defense seemed to be coming out and, and actually playing fairly well. Got some big stops early in the game, but once uh, once Kansas threw that second interception, it was all Oklahoma State from that point forward. Uh, Kansas got a late field goal, or actually a, a field goal probably mid-third quarter, um, at which point it was just like, yeah, why, why even kick the field goal? But unfortunately, it's kind of the way it happens. Um, this season moving forward, though, the expectation, I think, hasn't really changed much, even though Kansas fans are notoriously um, ready for embracing the doom and gloom, uh, you know, given how many opportunities we've actually had to do it in the last few years. Um, you know, the, the expectation at this point, the rest of the season, depends on who you talk to. But me personally, I, I'm expecting that they start to show some signs that things are getting better, that they start to be more competitive. They do have some potentially um, easier games coming up. Uh, you know, not not saying by any means that any of these games are going to be simple, but, you know, they have this game against Kansas State that theoretically is one that they could be somewhat competitive in, especially with being at home. You know, they have, and then they, they go to Texas, which who knows with that because it's, it's Texas. Uh, but then finishing the year up with TCU and West Virginia, you have to think just the way that TCU is playing right now, that Kansas has an opportunity to actually kind of show what they're able to do there. And then who knows again with West Virginia, um, you know, this is one of those things where Kansas, any particular week, can either be really good and, and can cause other teams to wonder what it is that they're doing, um, or they could be really, really bad, and everybody starts to feel really good um, if they are the opponent. So, um, you know, there really were no expectations for this season, though, given how late Leipold came in. Um, this is probably about what we expected, realistically, that there really was no expectation that Leipold was going to be able to win Big 12 Conference games um, you, you know, you, you felt fairly confident that they could go ahead and win that South Dakota game, but everything after that was a crapshoot. Um, and that's really kind of the way that it's all that it's all played out to this point. So Kansas as a team has shown that they have basically one really good thing on offense, and that is the running game. Uh, you know, they have Devin Neal, who is a, a very good running back. Um, I feel like he is going to be a guy that's going to be a star in the next few years here. Um, you know, he's going to have a lot of, a lot of opportunities. The offensive line is no, is no longer just the absolute complete travesty that it was in the last few years. And, and, and Jason Bean, the quarterback obviously has some issues with the interceptions that he's thrown, but he does have some legs. He, he can get out and run. He has shown somewhat of an ability to kind of learn from his mistakes and, and be able to kind of come back the next week and be able to move on from there. So it, the real question is going to be how much did he learn from the throws that he made against Oklahoma state? How well is he going to be able to kind of put things together and be able to start throwing down the field a little bit more? Um, so, so that that is what Kansas is going to do, and they're going to try to use this, um, you know, against Kansas State uh, to really kind of get things going, run the play clock, try to keep the game close, and do what they can there. Um, the question, as always, is going to be how how much Kansas State cooperates with that if they're going to be able to to shut down what Kansas is trying to do if they can mix in just enough passing game to keep Kansas State defense off balance. On the defensive side, you know, Kansas does actually have a fairly good secondary. They have Kenny Logan, who who is really phenomenal back there. Um, they also have, you know, a, a few guys that are on the defensive line or in the linebacking core. Gavin Potter has been playing really well as a linebacker, and Kyron Johnson is another name to keep an eye on. Um, you know, they, they have been absolutely phenomenal. The problem is that there just hasn't been enough consistency around them for them to 
routinely be able to to be part of a, a, a successful defense. Um, each of those guys are going to have their own individual standout plays during this game. I, I definitely think that that's what's going to happen. The problem is going to be, I think, that, that Kansas State is going to have enough that they can really kind of expose everything else that Kansas has on defense at this point. So, um, But yeah, in terms of what's most important for Kansas, um, making sure that they don't give up the special teams touchdowns like they did last year. You know, that was the big key to the game last year. And this Kansas team has not really shown the proclivity to give up a ton of special teams play. And so I'm not necessarily too worried about that in this particular game. And really just the offense needs to get something moving because the defense has shown the ability to stop guys, has really shown the ability to make big plays. Um, unfortunately, it's it's pretty easy for them to lose heart pretty quickly if the offense shows that they're not going to be able to get anything going. So I don't think that Kansas is going to win this game. I do think that they're going to remain competitive. Um, I don't know that Kansas State is quite as fixed as the last couple weeks have actually shown. You know, they did they did definitely need some help against that, that Texas Tech team. Um, and then TCU is at an absolute mess right now. Um, that being said, this Kansas team, I don't think, can actually take advantage of it. So I, I do have Kansas State winning this game. Uh, I'm probably going to go with something like 27-14 uh, to 14 Kansas State, which I think would be a big win for the Jayhawks because that actually would be them keeping the game relatively close. But again, uh, I'm Andy Mitz from the Rock Chalk Podcast. You can find me on Twitter personally at AndyMitz12, and then the podcast is at Rock Chalk Pod. Hello, Wildcats. This is Brian Smoller for my favorite podcast. Um, what's, the, what's the name of this again? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bosco Boys. For my favorite podcast, Bosco Boys. Sorry, guys. Anyway, you can find me most King State games on King State Sports Radio Network from Learfield or on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, please direct all complaints and comments to ESPN Corporate. Thank you. As for social media, I am on Twitter but really just to post occasional K-State news and to see what Scott's raging against this week and the exceptional and eloquent sass from Grant. The Cats are 5-3, and three, and despite having a better resume than others, uh, uh, Penn State, they are not receiving votes or are ranked in this week's top 25. That said, optimism is starting to settle in after the schedule has now turned in K-State's favor and the Wildcats are returning to their early season form. The Wildcats are slowly also starting to get healthy and notably gaining back Bronson Massey and then getting Reggie Stubblefield for more snaps against TCU. While there were a few injuries in the game against the Horn Frogs, Chris Kleiman afterwards did not indicate anything was serious. And let's be honest, if there was, I would tell you because I like my job. What was serious, however, is the continued NCAA persecution of K-State student-athletes. A bridge too far, you say? No, not at all. Consider this. In 2008, Shaylee Lenning was racking up multiple triple-doubles for K-State women's basketball. Yet, the NCAA inexplicably was not counting those triple-doubles as also double-doubles. They were not rewarding an individual because they were simply too good for a specific stat. That sound familiar? It took repeated correspondence with the NCAA to get them to recognize this error and change their accounting practice. Now, will that happen in this case? It seems unlikely. But it won't be from a lack of trying from our excellent media relations department. Shout out to Ryan and Kenny. In the meantime, Felix Andudike Uzama has said he just plans to go after seven sacks in a game to keep himself motivated and then to make sure he has the NCAA record. Here's to having him leave no doubt coming up this Saturday who the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year should be. 
Also, as a side note to all of this, a few weeks ago, Mike Gundy, in one of his weekly press conferences for Oklahoma State, said that college football had gone through many trends that seemed to be just ahead of adjustment from fellow college football coaches. He pointed to, of course, the fast-paced, no-huddled offenses that we saw, then to the RPOs, then to heavy-set run formations. So what's the newest trend that hasn't had yet an adjustment made by college football? He says, game-changing defensive ends. Gundy says, and I quote, the pass rushers have gotten better than they have ever been like it is in the NFL. Guys can control the game by rushing the quarterback, end quote. Well, I think we saw firsthand what he's talking about in the game against TCU and why Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanderman early this season spoke so often about how big a loss it was for Khalid Duke to be out for this defense. And now to think of the possibilities in 2022 with him and Anudike Uzama on the same defense, that is downright sexy. But next season's prognostications and dreams will have to wait because this team still has plenty to play for this year. The next win not only puts K-State bowl-bound for the second time under Chris Kleiman, they still have the opportunity for eight or more wins in the regular season. While the three-game stretch against Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State perhaps ruined the Cats' chances of a date in Arlington, they can return a favor to Baylor in a few weeks and spoil the Bears' dream season on their way to eight or nine wins. Of course, that's a win total that many of us thought the Wildcats could attain this season all along, and much like year one of Chris Kleiman, it may be more of a winding path, but they still could get there. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. As Coach Clyde preaches, one rep, one practice, one day at a time, one game at a time. And so it's time to lock up the state of Kansas once again in this year's Sunflower Showdown. We all know the records. K-State is 25-4 and against the Jayhawks since 1993. They've won 13 straight, and there's little doubt it'll be 14 straight after Saturday, considering the struggles by the Jayhawks in nearly every phase of the game. On defense, they allow a whopping 43.8 points per game. That's the worst in FBS. They allow 480 yards of offense per game. That also is among the worst in FBS, top five. And their scoring average of 15.8 points per game also ranks as one of the lowest in FBS. Bad offense, bad defense, usually not a good combo. One might say the home crowd could play a role and maybe bump some of those numbers up in a normal setting, but it's unlikely any real home advantage will be gained here with a large purple contingent set to be in the house. K-State should be able to move the ball without having to use a silent count and barring multiple unforced errors, they should be able to score and put the game out of reach for a Jayhawk offense still learning a new system. Clearly, Skyler Thompson and Deuce Vaughn are playing very well, and they provide a nightmare matchup for defensive coordinators across the country and this conference. Courtney Messingham, despite all the flack he gets, has done a good job of utilizing Deuce in so many different pre-snap formations that it opens up the field for Skyler to get the ball to other playmakers such as Daniel Imatabebe and other wideouts. On the other side of the ball, on the defensive side, if KU decides they need to double-team or keep a back end or tight end or a wing to cheap Anudike Uzama, Look for K-State to start getting pressure from the other side. The defense is feeling it right now. They played a very gap-sound game against TCU. I expect more of the same against the Jayhawks. As for what's most important for K-State in order to win the game, showing up. No, no, not, not that way, although that could be interpreted that way. But metaphorically is what I'm talking about. The Cats cannot drop their focus in a game that's circled every year by K-State fans across the world. I do not expect them to either. Come on, I wouldn't talk trash like that and just say they have to show up at the stadium, just walk off the bus and play football and win the game. I think that would be a little too harsh. Anyway, I think the Wildcats are all okay here. They keep their good flow going from last week, and they roll to a big win. I expect somewhere over the 40-point mark for K-State. 
Don't think the Jayhawks get there on the other side. Look for K-State's defense to step up big again. So there you go. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the winning streak by the Wildcats. And always remember that every day, all day, it's always great to be a Wildcat. Boys are back, and thank you to Brian and Andy for those primers. Now it's time to really get into it. Now is when I really thrive. Because this is like, this is like what kind of like bubbles in me every time where you see stupid KU fans popping off. And, you know, disclaimer, I've talked about it on the pod before. Love my mother. She was the baby Jayhawk mascot. She's a KU football fan. You know, she she likes them all. My brother, he's stupid, but he's going to grad school at KU now. He's a KU football season ticket holder, whatever. I'm not saying all KU fans are bad. But what I am saying is I started hating KU fans, like truly hating them again this summer. When they start going off these stupid fucking conference realignment stuff. And it's not just the stupid fucking Scoopsmeister who makes shit up and then back backpedals. Then he sees a tweet and he's like, oh, I'm hearing stuff. Oh, there's rumblings. He's making shit up. It's not just him because th- they're all over. <laughs> there's one specific one. I'm not going to call out by name. He has both of us blocked. But he's also a fucking idiot. And he's... Who is it? I mean, he has a verified Twitter account. Oh, Dylan Davis? No, he's a fucking loser. Sorry. And there's all these KU <laughs> fans who want to talk down to Casey. I'm, I'm not blocked by him, by the way. Not blocked. So I get oh. I get to see the I get to see the the beautiful mess. That's oh yeah, because I mean, because you've had a million different. Tweets. I've been blocked, or I've been killed like 20 times. So yeah. But here they all are in, in the summer. They're running their mouth, saying, "Oh, fuck the Big 12, fuck K State, go to the Mountain West." just popping off, just popping off and and just start bubbling in me again. Because I I truly, especially in football season, I truly hate Iowa State more than I do KU. And for the longest time, for like a legitimate, probably four-year period, five-year period, I legitimately hated Iowa State fans more. Then this summer, here come all these KU fans. Oh, no one cares about you. Oh, you know, two-time. Oh, you're a mid-major. All this type of stuff just really started pissing me. And then, of course, they do the same song and dance every year when football comes around. All-time record, all this stupid bullshit. But we're going for our 13th straight win. This would extend the longest winning streak in the entire rivalry. Again, that has been going on since the early 1900s. It would be 25 out of 29. When Even when K-State was at its worst, and for a long time in the period of history, we were the worst team in the country. Worst program. They never dominated like us like this. Not even close. KU can hold on to their precious all-time series record, you know, but they have never owned this rivalry like we have over the last 29, 30, 31 years, whatever. It's never been close. K-State also has 54 kids from the state of Kansas. 54, damn near half the roster. KU has 19. K-State, the institution in the athletic department, they care and actually recruit kids from this state, from the state of Kansas. That is completely overlooked. It's a punching bag for a lot of folks. KU thinks they're better than the state of Kansas. 
they're begging kids from Chicago to come to, to their university. And they're begging kids from every corner of the country to come play football for them, except for kids in their own state. They neglect the state in football. They neglect the state when it comes to academics. And then they have the gall to use the tagline, we play for Kansas. It's a slogan for them. It is the lifeblood for K-State football. Taylor Bratt, he lives and breathes this state. He loves to tell anyone who will listen, five generations of Kansans, Taylor Bratt. We bring people from the outside, yes, Coach Klein and Gene Taylor. But they have learned to love and embrace and actually be a bar, be about the state of Kansas. KU brings someone in from the outside who was who was a Kansan, played for KU. But what does he do? He goes up to Chicago. He thinks he's a Chicago guy. He thinks he's a Big Twelve guy. He thinks he's better than the state of Kansas. The reason why we dominate this rivalry and why we will continue to dominate this rivalry is because K State fans the K-State team, and the players care about the state, and this game just means more to us. And that's why we're going to fucking kick their ass on Saturday. So don't ever let someone say, oh, this is our state if they're a KU fan. No, that's a stupid slogan to them. We actually live and breathe it. So that's my yearly rant. Excellent monologue. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with you. You hit a lot of truth that resonates with me um it's truly you know grotesque to me to have seen what's transpired over the last six months um KU fans being gleeful about the prospect of you know K-State athletics being you know relegated to G5 or worse or whatever the problem with KU folks is their ego it's the ego it's out of control you know it's not only not only did they have this like perceived notion that, you know, KU is some superior school that belongs among some of the best in the country, the Harvard of the Midwest, I've heard it be called before, which is fucking laughable. Um, that it's a, it's a shoe in for realignment, that leaving them out is unthinkable because their brand is so big. Um, they think they're better people than us. And that always like really bothers me. It's like a, twists it twists a knife in my side that it's hard to get over i mean they truly believe they look down upon their peer schools they look down upon k-state fans as as legitimately inferior people and the lack of perspective that they have you know the true reality of the futility of their football program even if you like removed the last 10 years um outside of one fucking Mark Mangino magical here. I mean, pull up sports reference or pull up, just Google KU wins per year and just scroll. And it's like horrendous. I mean, it is horrendous. We obviously were very bad for a really long time, but we at least had 30 years of like relevancy, you know, and we're, we're fairly relevant today. I don't think that they truly understand that even, I mean, it goes back, it just goes back so far how shitty KU football really is and how fucking lucky the basketball program is too by the way i mean yeah and, and here's the other thing when, when you look back at our run of futility it was yeah. basically back when there were a handful of schools that really cared about football and it wasn't unseen or unheard of of like schools just not caring 
KU has been this bad, and they've legitimately been trying this entire time. They've tried it all. They've tried throwing money at, you know, old football classic coaches who were supposed to bring them back. They've thrown money at the young, hot thing. They've thrown money at recruiting. You know, they, they've tried to build new facilities. They've tried. They were trying. You know, they've been trying the last 20 years. The last 10 years where they're going to – they lost 99 games in the 2011 to 2020, almost 100 games in 10 years. They were trying. They were throwing money. They were doing everything possible. They still were shit. And then a lot of their fans still have the gall to think that they are superior just because they chose KU. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. And I mean, again, I, I, I love my family. Fucking joke. I, I, I love my family, and there are some KU fans who do not fit this bill. But there are far too many of them that do. I mean, look at the stupid asshat who's the 6'10 morning guy. He is – the epitome of that. Look at fucking 810. Nate Bucati thinks that he can taunt a player courtside and then turn around and host his morning show in Kansas City and think nothing's going to happen. Oh my Guess God. What? Nothing did. I hate him so much. I hate Nate Bucati so much. I'm so ashamed that he's an Arsenal fan. You, you have all these different <clears throat> KU fans in the sports media who think the rules don't apply to them and think that they are just superior because they cheer for KU. Yeah. It, it, it's it just a joke. And and I am going to have a lot of fun every time we blow them out in football and they continue to suck because guess what? Yes, there, there are some good KU fans out there, but it is outweighed by a bunch of their clowns. And I used to think, you know, I hope they kind of turn it around someday. I, I want some of the good ones to have something to cheer about. No, I don't anymore. I'm sorry. I don't either. I've never wanted I've, that. I've been turned bitter. And <laughs> uh, the, the last six months really have done it in. And I I want nothing I love that. for KU football. Absolutely love that. I just pulled up sports reference just for fun and, uh, you know, typed KU footballs per year. And starting in 1982, I just kind of scrolled randomly. So right now I can see on my screen 82 to 2001, which is 20 years. Here's their wins per year. Out of 20, this is a 20-year stretch, they've had one, two, three, four, five. So five out of 20 years, they had more than five wins. So 1982, two, I'll just run, run it up to 2001. This is wins per year. Two, four, five, six, three, one, one, four, three, six, eight, five, six, ten, which was 1995, where they got absolutely shit stomped by K-State, by the way. Four, five, four, five, four, three. Let's go to the next stretch. It's 2002, by the way. Two, six, four, seven, six, 12. Okay. Hats off to you and your Orange Bowl year. Eight, five, three, two, one, three, three, zero, two, one, three, three, zero, one. Oh my God. But if you keep going back, like my point is, let's get to the 80s and the 70s. Out of like 20 years here, there's five years out of 20 that are over five wins. I mean, it's fucking terrible. It, it it doesn't get talked about enough how bad they really are in their entire history. Yeah, and, and it's all because, okay, yes, we were worse before, like, okay, cool. Like, before, you know, the 90s, we, we were really bad. That's fine. Whatever. Hats off. Yelling that. That's what makes us special. But, but, they, but they still, but they still never dominated this rivalry. No. And you yeah. are close to what we've been doing for the last 13 years or the last 30. 
and, and it, yeah. it, it just just irks me and again I, I I try to like stay above it usually but this week it, like especially this year's really brought it out on me here's another fun fact uh assuming we <laughs> win on Saturday fact. which we're going to we will have more wins in Lawrence, Kansas, more Big 12 wins in Lawrence, Kansas than KU has since Mangino left. This will be our seventh win since Mark Mangino left. They've only won a Big 12 game in Memorial Stadium six times since then. Yeah, that's an incredible stat. I mean, holy shit. That is a wild stat to think about. Um, we've been very blessed. We've been very lucky to be able to watch this dumpster fire um so closely um how lucky are we to have our number one rivalry be literally the laughing stock of college football for the past decade and long may it continue but like it is so awesome to be able to like they're a meme like they've become a meme like when they win they'll beat like they'll beat like a g5 team at home and fcs school no fcs school i was giving kind i know I, I don't know why I was being kind, but they'll beat an FCS school at home and they'll fucking storm the field. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and like, cool, have fun. You know, run out there. You may only see them win one or two more times left in your entire college career. But like, that is what has happened. Uh, it, it's just wild. Um, and the funny part is, when they do that, it's like 300 people on the field. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, like, is, it is fun. And, and they like to then try to turn things around. Oh, but basketball, Okay. Fine. Like we get it. You, you're really good at basketball, but guess what? We've won the big 12 twice, you know, in, yeah. in your current run, we ended your streak. We, we go to the elite eights every year. We're going to play you. We're, we're going to play you tough. You know? It, it, yeah. There's only one other team that can say that. And it's exactly it's tech, you know, like, you <laughs> I, know, the it, cats it, have two big 12 titles in the last decade. And there's, we're the only other school really that can say that outside of Chris Beard who left. So Exactly. So it's, it's it just funny. Again, don't ever put up with KU fans. You, you don't have to take the high road. Um, you know, I, it's just, you, you don't have to take their shit. No matter how much they try to make K-State fans feel like second-class citizens, they're not. They are small dick losers. And anyone who tries to act superior because they chose to be a KU fan, uh, no. They're losers. Um, we'll, we'll kind of move on from that whole narrative uh, because we got actual good times going. This would be our third or our second three-game winning streak this year. We're going to hit the Vegas over this week. Last week, Iowa State hit the Vegas under. We're going to hit the Vegas over. Who says gambling's hard? Um, Chris Kleiman, when he wins, it'll tie him for the eighth most wins in K-State football history. That's going to be awesome. A win for Skylar Thompson will mean he will have the most wins of any K-State quarterback, starting quarterback in K-State history. So that's going to be a fun one. Um, here's a fun fact. This is only going to be the second game Skyler has started versus KU and only the third game he's played versus them, which is weird when you think of Texas Tech, where he started four games against Tech and actually played the majority of snaps versus Tech in five games. Uh, that's wild. Um, and then, again, something I'll be looking for. It'll be an easy game to hopefully pad some stats for the stars, Skyler, Deuce, and Felix. And then also, you know what, K-State fans, get to the game, be rowdy, have some fun at KU's expense, troll them on the timeline and in the stadium on Saturday. Anything else you're going to be looking for? Uh, no. I think you summed it up there. Let's talk about keys to be. 
Yes, Keys to VR is sponsored by Symbol. It's a stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There's two ways to make money on Symbol. Every time your team wins that you own, you get a cash payout. The second one is just like the stock market. If you think a team is going to increase in value, buy low, sell high for a profit. Use promo code BOYS to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no question asked. Let's get into these, the keys to V. What do you got for me? I have got for my first key to V, we got to murder the trenches on both sides. I want to see Felix challenge his own K-State record. And I want to see him challenge the NCAA record again. We haven't established the run this year in the Big 12 yet either. I want to see us do it on Saturday. I want the offensive line to be violent. Give our backs gaping holes, wide, wide running lanes, pancakes and boys. Eat the trenches like booty. It's always ass-eating season, if you ask me. All right. Uh, my first one is just absolutely spank them. Just spank them. Again, that, that, that goes without saying. If you spank them, it's going to be a victory. But I want to spank them. Similar to, and this is very similar to that first year where it's climbing versus last miles. You need to set the tone. You need to dominate yet another KU coach who's coming into this. Don't give them any hope. Don't give them any momentum. Don't let them think that, hey, maybe next year's our year. Just spank them and leave no doubt. What's your second one? Continue the defensive energy and progress. Um, you know, we're coming off our best defensive performance of the year against a really good offense. I think we need to build on that. Let's shut KU down. I agree with you, man. Let's shut them down in all facets. Let's embarrass them. Fight like tooth and nail for every inch to keep points off the scoreboard, you know, for their offense. I want to strive for a shutout. Let's be about it this week. Let's live it. Dream it. Eat the shutout for breakfast. Don't give them an inch. Hit the fuck out of them on every play. Make them beg for, for that double zero on the clock. Four quarters of hell from our defense. I want to see a nasty, nasty defense. That's what I want as well. Let's the get final, mean. The final one that kind of goes with that. I just want to swag on their ass. Just get taunting penalties. Celebrate big time. Just do whatever you can to demoralize KU's fans and their players. I don't care if we get 300 yards of penalty if they're all for taunting and excessive celebration. Dance, hi, hype up the purple inside the stadium during the game before the game, after the game, give us some viral moments. So just be swaggy on them. So that is I'm interested to see what the sauce boss does. Oh, shout out to his Reggie quickly King. deleted tweets. It wasn't quickly. It was up there for like a few hours. Quick and uh, well, yeah, deleted regardless. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Makes me laugh. It does. All right. Let's get into our game picks. Uh, seconds. You know, it's a Spotify green room. We're going live. As you guys are listening to it today on Wednesday, 7 p.m. for our weekly football chat. And then we'll also be going live Thursday, immediately after the Pitt State basketball game, to do a little quick take, hot take, instant reaction with the boneheads. We're going to have some fun. We're going to enjoy Spotify Green Room. Uh, so we're going to be going live. So that means the uh, football chat will publish on Thursday. The basketball instant reaction will go live that Thursday night or first thing Friday morning. Uh, Pickham's back. Uh, I had another good week and I'm slowly starting to starting to claw back some games. You know, you guys got out in front of me. I'm in front of the boneheads by a game. I am 73 and 47. I went nine and six last week. Boneheads went seven and eight. They are 72 and 48. 
you are still in the lead 75 and 45 you went eight and seven so let's get into it we'll have some fun not a lot of close uh well three out of the four uh well i'm just gonna get into it oklahoma state at west virginia bonehead's pretty heavy on oklahoma state i'm gonna take oklahoma state but i think it's gonna be close i assume you'll go oklahoma state I've got the pokes as well. All right. The revivalry, uh, Baylor at TCU, which I think TCU probably wants to get rid of that name because they're trying to make the C in Texas Christian University a lowercase C, not an uppercase C. Bonehead's big on Baylor, 96%. I have Baylor as well. Another one that I think is going to be closer, Jerry Kill at the helm. I think it is a close game, um, but Baylor wins. And I think Baylor fans starting to panic a little bit after that game. Baylor fans starting to panic. Why is that? Because they'll be close versus a bad TCU team. Oh, I see. Um, man, yeah, I think Baylor's good. I think they're going to be creeping into the top ten soon. Um, I got Baylor, one hundred. All right, Texas at Iowa State. Bonehead's going Cyclone, sixty-two percent. I think that's a smart pick. I think both these teams are basically. I think whoever loses this game will pack it up and just call it a season. Uh, but I'm going to go for Texas. I'm picking Texas just for the memes uh, because I think it would be funny if Iowa State ends up having their best season ever go seven and five, and I think they need to lose this game for that to happen. I'll tell you what, brother. We're going down together. <laughs> Hook them horns. I have Texas. I hope they win. I'm fully on board. Um, this is one of those situations where I'm putting my annoyance for Texas to the side, and I hope that – I, I want to see – I want to see Texas sink that Iowa State ship so bad. I want I want Iowa State to spiral out of control. And can is Texas going to lose four straight? Yeah, probably. Probably more likely. Yeah, probably. But you know, who knows? All they got to do is finish a fucking game. That's true. I expect them to have the lead at some point in the third quarter if they can just man finish. They'd be a really solid team. But I'm, I'm cheering against the Cyclones once again. Yep. Uh, if you needed any proof of how rough this week of college football is schedule wise, ESPN college game yeah. day game of the week is Cincinnati versus Tulsa, which is like an ESPN two game. I get why they're going there. We're recording this during the playoff show. I don't know if they put Cincy in the top four or not, but I, I get why they're doing it. Uh, <laughs> it's to hype up. Okay. Will there be a, you know, a bracket buster this year? So I, I get why they're going there. I understand it, but it still it's like, man, this is a weak week in college football boneheads have cincinnati 92 percent. i also have cincinnati i assume you're going bearcats yeah i'm going bearcats and this is a really really shitty game for college game day but i'm really happy for cincinnati yeah I, i'm i'm happy for their fans as well um the fox big noon kickoff game again the the quote-unquote marquee game for fox ohio state at nebraska i think we're all going ohio state and i want the buckeyes to just run it up on them uh scott frost might go three and nine this year Will they fire yeah. Scott Frost? I don't know, man, because their AD doesn't care at all about football. I mean, he's publicly said, I'm hands off with football, which is crazy, crazy thing to say. But uh, probably, I mean, if he goes three and nine, they're staring down the barrel. Buckeye's big, embarrassingly big. All right, so I thought this was the oldest rivalry game in North Carolina because I thought I saw something on Twitter about it. <laughs> Uh, but I actually think NC State and Wake Forest is a older rivalry uh, when I was doing some rivalry research. So that was probably wrong on Twitter. I apologize. 
Wake Forest undefeated at North Carolina. Bonehead's going Wake Forest 75%. What do you have? I've got Wake as well. I'm going North Carolina. Fair enough. I'm going North Carolina. UTSA, our buddies, going to Dana Demo, who actually probably screwed up getting college game game day by losing last week. Uh, But it's Roadrunners at Miners. Bonehead's going UTSA 62%. Are you going with our friends, the Roadrunners, or Dana Demo? Meep, meep, baby. Meep, meep. I'm also going Roadrunners. All right. Uh, Boise State at Fresno State. So this is actually a funny one in the poll. It actually got retweeted by a Fresno State uh, fan account and a Boise State fan account. So this was a very close one in one of our most voted in polls. And I think it was from outside sources. So it ended up being Fresno State 53%. What are you going with? I'm going Fresno. I am going with the Bulldogs as well, repping the Valley. All right, we got Mississippi State at Arkansas. Sam Pittman's Arkansas. Did Sam Pittman find the magic sauce out there? Boneheads think so, 62%. Are you going with Mike Leach, who there's rumors might be going back to Texas Tech? How wild would that be? Are you going with Sam Pittman in the Hogs? That would be really crazy, by the way. Um, I want it to happen, by the way. I think he would – Revive them and do fairly well, honestly. Um, I'm going to go with the Hogs, though. All right. I'm also going with Arkansas. All right. This was a very close one uh, in the bonehead vote. Auburn at Texas A&M. Uh, Auburn, 53%. Are you going with the Tigers or the Aggies? This is this is a really hard one. So, naturally, I just, I'm giving the advantage to the home team, so I'm taking the Aggies. I'm going with AM as well. Michigan State at Purdue. Uh, Boneheads have Michigan State big. I have Michigan State as well. Advanced analytics say this is going to be a close game. The public doesn't think so. A lot of money on Michigan State. I assume you're going with the Spartans, even on the road. Party all day. All right. What state Although, is Purdue man, in? What a huge what – a, what state is Purdue in? Indiana. Yeah. Yep. All right. I, I figured you'd know it, but I'm just <laughs> What a th- – this has – that has like recipe for a huge letdown game coming off a very emotional call or not college game day, but one of the, you know, well, Fox, was Big Fox. was it college game day? And it was on Big, Big Fox, Noon. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Barstool. Um, everyone was there. And, you know, oh, man, that's a trendy pick. Are you sure you don't want the Boilermakers? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Okay. Massive MIAA matchup in the Sunflower Bro. State. Washburn, the Ichabods, baby, hashtag rank the bods at Pitt State. Boneheads are going with the Gorillas, Pitt State, 67%. I'm going with Washburn. I'm not picking against Washburn. Shout out to hey, Money. Money. Hey. What? It's my alumni. I know. It's my alum. I got the bods all day. Yeah, I, I, I want to shout out Money Mitch Shurig, baby. QB1 at Washburn, Coach Shurig. I ride with the bods all day. Hashtag I'm rank damn, the bods. I'm a bod for life, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. I should I should get my MBA at Washburn. Go bods. All right, and then uh, Friday night lights out in Palo Alto, Utah at Stanford. Boneheads going Stanford, sixty six percent. I'm going with Utah. What are you going with? I got the Utes. All right, it's us against the Boneheads on that one. And finally, we all know it. We all love it. This was one of the. I, I thought this might be the year we get 100%. We didn't quite get it. K-State versus KU. Boneheads have the Cats 99%. My official score prediction is Hawks 3, Cats 93, Cats by 90. Give me your score. 
because I know you have the cats. I've got the cats, uh, 44 to three. And I just bought the cats on symbol. This is my first actual, like I'm getting into symbol right now. I'm about to, I'm about to buy a bunch of teams. I kind of forgot about it, but I just bought the cats and let's fucking go. Cats roll. Cats roll cats on top cats by 90. All right. That's all we have. We are going live the next two nights, our regular football talk Wednesday night, 7 PM. Spotify green room and immediately after the final score on ESPN plus cats versus Pitt state basketball, we'll do our first live show uh, talking about the K state basketball game. So join us in the Spotify green room, get over to symbol, use promo code boys or SD. We love you guys. You don't have to be nice to anyone. Hashtag no new friends. Grant, send us out. Meet me at the cathead. Podcast Network.